The following podcast contains some strong language and some very average opinions. It's probably best if you don't listen at all. The Roaring Peacock Podcast. Hey up and welcome back to the Roaring Peacock. This is the Youth Pod Season 2, Episode 1. New season, new division, new blood. Uh, My name's Adonis and you know me as at the Adelites on Twitter. Very good hello from me. Uh, Joining us to discuss all things LUFC Academy is um, the man himself, LUFC Academy Central and sports journalism graduate, Matt Ingham. Thank you very much. Long time no see, lads. Yeah, a very long time. Um, very long summer, it seemed. And uh, the the uh, youth that what was it? The the nicknameless Juicy Rob. <laughs> good afternoon. How is everyone? I'm pretty good, thanks. I was I was knee deep in preparation for this, and then I found out Sean Locke died, and then I've just been on a rabbit hole of Sean Locke. Yeah, it's extremely sad, man. Extremely sad day. Uh, really it is. sad, really sad. What a legend. Uh, but we're not here to talk about that. We're here to talk about the LUFC Academy and specifically the under-23s. Um, and I thought I'd start off uh, with asking you guys about new blood. Um, Sean McKirk. McKirk. Very difficult name for me to say. Uh, Lewis Bay and Amari Miller. Mai, you want to go first? Yeah, uh, I can't say I knew too much about them uh, before they joined. Uh, I knew Miller had had a few senior minutes. Uh, I'd heard McGurk's name sort of banded around when we signed Gelhart because I think he was linked around the same time. Obviously, we had to wait a little bit longer to sign him. But, yeah, I knew a little bit more about McGurk, I think. Um, But, yeah, Lewis Bate, another one that I sort of just heard his name, obviously being in the England New Franks and Chelsea's academy is amazing. So, you know, heard heard quite a, heard his name, but not really know much about him. But yeah, as soon as he started getting linked, you know, watching videos of him, looks like a really, really good player and looks to have settled in really well. They all do. I mean, Miller and Somerville on either side is frightening, I think. Um, I thought Bate might come in to sort of not, re- not replace Jenkins, but I didn't think Jenkins would get as much time uh, on the pitch with Bate being involved, but... Those two seem to play really well together against Palace. Um, and then McGurk as well, real life for goal, a, for, a forward player, can play off either wing or in the number 10 as well. Um, you know, real life for goal, a good finisher, obviously. You've seen that with his goal against Palace, scored against Man City in pre-season as well. Uh, so, yeah, three really, really good additions uh, to go with, the, obviously, the great business we did last summer as well. And the boys look ready and they look well up for it and, capable of competing in that top division already. Rob? New yeah, I would, I would agree pretty much in summary with everything everything um, Matty just said. I, I like the look of McGurk. And again, I, I kind of came onto my radar when, when Gelhart joined because of that whole connection. And that was a possibility that that signing was nearly made last year, I believe. I, I don't know if there's any truth to that, but it was nearly yeah, made last so. year. And it's manifested this year as, as obviously Orta continues to bring in... Um, young blood um the lewis bait one caught me off guard i I just that came out of nowhere and again i I hadn't heard much of him but i think 
naturally with Chelsea combing the countries far and wide for youth talent, bringing it in, trying to develop it and then sell it on. Um, uh, you know he's got a bit of star quality about him and like any any good youth player he's got a cracking YouTube highlights package so uh, you know that he means business when when someone's taking the time to make YouTube highlights packages about a player that's not had any first team minutes so yeah I, I, I kind of agree with Matty I think all three players that came in were as big a name signings as you're going to get for that level of, of, of youth um, but all three have strengthened the squad I don't think there's been one that's brought in where you think uh, is it a direct like for like replacement I actually think all three have enhanced the the squad um, and made it stronger so yeah um, I'm sure we'll talk about the game in a minute but I think it, it was good to see them get some minutes from the get-go against Palace which was a good fixture for us to start with at this level because we've come up as everybody knows and we played them last season so like for like in terms of we know what they're about we know they're set up we've done their research on them um, and we and some of these lads you know played them last year um, but yeah it was good um, good 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 additions to the squad okay and outgoings then um, Ollie Casey has gone to Blackpool, I think it was, a long time ago mm -hmm. now, it seems like. And yeah. apparently Sunderland are in advanced talks to sign Niall Huggins. I've just read that. That's like fresh off the press today, isn't it? Is it uh, the journalist Peter O'Rourke seems to have broke that? It looks to be a freelance journalist on Twitter with 100,000 plus followers. Um, yeah, I, I remember saying, you're not Simon to him. Yeah. <laughs> he didn't, but I think he got it. It'll be a shame if Huggins goes, actually. Um, with Casey, you can understand there's a pecking order for centre-backs at the minute. We, we were over, we talked about this, I think, briefly in a, a non-youth podcast a few weeks ago, which, Matty, you weren't here for, but I, I, it'd be interesting to get your opinion. I think it was a good move for Casey because you've got the likes of Cresswell, um, even Noah Kenny, and play, 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 people who can play that centre-back position already queuing up behind what is now Stroke, who moved up from the 23s as a originally as a short-term replacement, and now he's solidified himself as a Premier League starter. And you've got Cooper, and you've got Koch, and you've got Lorente. So I can see why, uh, if you're a young centre-back at Leeds at the minute, knowing that Cresswell is probably going to be that next leader, that next step up, you are a lone move away or a permanent move away might be better for your own career development, etc. So I can't fault the Casey one. Huggins, I would have liked to, I'd like to see him stay. And, and I think... I think we will we will probably get rid of Kamwa and I think we probably will see Gotts move on as well. Um, I saw somewhere, I don't know if this is true, but there was maybe talk of using Gotts as a part exchange deal with cash alongside it for um, O'Brien at Huddersfield because obviously we're trying to get him in and there's different figures being branded around. So, um, yeah, it's a shame for the lad and um, it's a shame for Huggins because I think he's got a lot to offer this team. But again, he might see his career elsewhere. Did, did it say, if it, is it a permanent move, Donny, or a loan move that they, they're talking about? Uh, there is no uh, information about I think Huggins is, expected, was it, Huggins is expected to go on a, on a permanent this summer. Um, mm. I think with Casey... I think the plan was for Casey to go out on loan. I, I presume so, anyway. Uh, I know we've got, we are stacked for centre backs, like you say, but he kind of was that second choice alongside Creswell last season. Um, but, you know, I'm guessing they just got a decent offer from Blackpool, or maybe Casey got, you know, an offer that he wanted. I know it's a three year deal, so yeah, obviously a deal that he might have wanted to take up. They've just got promoted. Uh, he's probably he's going to get more first team chances there and in the championship as well, so. Yeah. A good a good young manager as well, Neil Critchley, quite a highly rated manager at Blackpool. So, you know, I think that deal sort of made sense. Um 
bit gutted to see Gotsi if he's one to leave. And Huggins, I'm just surprised at, to be honest. Yeah, um, same. You know, he played really well last season. I don't, I'd love to know how he's gone from, you know, playing at Arsenal, being on the fringe of the first team, to, you know, decided he's not been good enough. So, yeah, it's a bit of a strange one, but it happens. Uh, Sunderland, I don't think, would be a bad move for him. Um, I hope that one's alone. I hope it's alone for Huggins. I hope he's I not think it's a, I think it's permanent for Huggins. Um, I think Graham did an article about it uh, last week or maybe earlier this week. And uh, I'm pretty sure it mentioned Huggins going on a permanent. Um, I'm not sure if it'll be another loan for Gotts or whether that'll be a permanent as well. But um, a few clubs interested in him apparently. So, yeah, we'll see. Hmm. Okay. And Ian Pervader. We... Well, what's the story on that? Because you look at last season and it kind of wrote itself. It, at one point, he, he he leapfrogged Costa, didn't he? And he was on the bench a lot and he was the go-to man to come on, you know, or, or be around that first-team fringe. Then towards the back end of the season, or just after between Christmas and Easter, Costa found a bit of form again, didn't he? And in Paveda was we saw Paveda a lot in the 23 setup towards the, the end of our of the of the championship winning season for the 23s. And then this season, he had that bizarre summer where he went off and did a bit of showboating, which some people like, some people don't like. We're not getting into that today, for, uh, unless you want to, Johnny, but I don't want to get into that today. Some people don't agree with it. Some people think he's a young lad enjoying his money. But he had a weird summer where he kind of divided the fan base. A lot of people naturally agree he's a genuinely pleasant lad and a good lad to be around. But unless he's injured, he hasn't featured, he didn't feature anything anywhere near the, the squad for the, the, the Man United game. And obviously, he was a really noticeable absence when you've got Forshaw stepping in and players like that, obviously, um, for the 23s. He was a noticeable first team fringe player absentee from the. Um, from the the game against Palace, which which was a bit peculiar for me, I don't know what to think about it until until we get some more official stuff from the club. Matty, yeah, I mean, wouldn't like to speculate, but it doesn't look great. Doesn't look great for him. Uh, no report of an injury. Uh, I think he played the last game he played will have been Ajax, won't it? Um, mm. Unless he featured against Villarreal, I can't remember. I, I don't remember him playing against Villarreal, but. Yeah, he played in the under-23 game at Ajax. Um, thought he did okay in the, in the first half, but then there was no sign of an injury, and then he hasn't he hasn't played since. So yeah, it doesn't look doesn't look great. Um, you know, without being too harsh, would it be that much of a loss? I mean, Somerville, no. I just think he's absolutely unbelievable. I'm genuinely Somerville's biggest fan. Um, I know he's got a lot of I know he's got a lot of fans, Somerville, but honestly, I absolutely love the guy. I, I think he's got to be above Costa, never mind above Paveda. So, yeah. yeah, when you put it like that, you've got Miller coming in, uh, McGurk coming in. You know, there's plenty of options there. If Paveda's done something wrong or if... Do you, if do you think, Matty, though, whatever, that seeing how well Somerville's played this preseason and started, do you think that might be... So, it could be that Paveda's not... I mean, everyone naturally talks about a bad attitude or maybe he's, he's upset someone or he's had a fallout. Maybe it's more that actually... Somerville, we spoke about him last year, has come in and just wowed everyone with the next level of performance that he's given. And maybe it's just solidified, you know, within Mark Jackson or Bielsa to say, actually, you know, Ian, you might be better off looking for a new club because you, you're now falling back behind the pecking order even further. So maybe it's not something that he's done wrong or something that there's been an argument or a spat. Maybe it's just simply 
we have better options and it's time for you, although he's not been with us very long, it's time for him to move on. Because, you know, Pavetta can get bullied off the ball. He, he does run up and down that wing tirelessly, but there's very little end product. And that was something that we spoke about, me and you, mate, last year, um, without without coming on too harsh for him. But we did sort of pick that as a flaw or a development point in his game. So do you think maybe it's just that some of us impressed so much that they've thought we need to move him on? Or do you think there's some substance to the rumours, which are just rumours, that there's been a fallout? I think some of it was better than him. I think a lot of people... Sorry. Um, you know, you are right about some of them being just better than him and some of them probably had wild people. Obviously, he's moving up the pecking order himself now, some of them like making the bench. But maybe there is some substance in a fallout um, because it's not really like the club to just give up on a player like that. And it's also not like the club rush Somerville. It's not it's not really what they do. Um so yeah. I'd be surprised if there's I'd be surprised if it's just the club saying, Oh, you're not good enough, go find another club and not featuring him in any pre season games, not featuring him even in the twenty threes. So yeah, I don't really know what to think of it. Obviously I don't want to speculate, but it doesn't look great and uh yeah, maybe he'll be on his way out. But like I say without being too disrespectful to him, I don't think it'd be a great loss because we've got the likes of Somerville, McGurk, Miller, um, and obviously Harrison and Rafinha are not being replaced anytime soon. So, yeah, we'll see. Yeah, even McCarron has looked like a wing-back from, from left-back and being very attacking. And I think, you, would we say that Greenwood could even, even um, play on the wing as well? He's very attacking and... Is, probably got the kind of qualities necessary for that role. So, um, yeah, he just seemed like he's slipped down the pecking order a bit. But, um, yeah, <laughs> we can't really speculate too much on those Instagram posts. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, if you look at if you look at someone like um, Somerville, I think I think there's an argument that he gets ahead of Costa even now. His yeah. end product is, has, has been fantastic. Okay, let's talk about the Crystal Palace game. And I remember this from last season because there was um, a card crazy ref. I think he gave five cards and there was one really dodgy sending off. Um, It was Somerville, yeah. (laughs) Speak speak of the devil. Really Um, early. Yeah. Um, And I remember you saying, Matty, oh, the refs made it all about him. Um, There are even more yellow cards. Uh, on Monday night, uh, nine in total. Was that um, a feisty one, lads? Yeah, I, I actually missed the game. I know some call myself LFC Academy Central and then missed the first game of the season. But uh, was it a feisty one? Yeah, yeah. It, it was a strange control. one. It was a strange game. It was a bit saucy. I think there was no. Con- I don't know what you thought, Daniel. I thought there was no consistency in the refereeing. It wasn't mm. like. I mean, the red card for the lad. What was he, Boateng? You know, he's handballed it on the line. He's got to go. Um, but some of the decisions around the cards were questionable for me. I just thought there was no consistency in what he was considering a bookable offence and what he wasn't. Um, it wasn't just he was booking anything and been overly strict. He was just not consistent. And that, it didn't really disrupt the flow of the game. But again, we don't want to see referees in a youth level where you're supposed to be, you know, testing people's fitness levels and you're supposed to let these lads run and be creative and bring some flair and panache to the game and you know um you don't want it to see it stop starting every two minutes from bookings do you 
yeah, there was there was a lot of handbags at dawn. There were some scuffles. I tweeted at halftime. Halftime one all. Quiet starts of the campaign for the 23s with two goals, a missed penalty, a red card, scuffles, and almost comical volleyed own goal. Yeah. It was it was actually really nice after the debacle on Saturday to 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 just be like completely entertained. It's so refreshing, um, isn't it, with the twenty yeah, threes? Yeah. It's so refreshing. <laughs> I honestly yeah. had forgotten about Saturday. I completely wiped out of my mind. My dad mm. said something to me last night. Um I think we were talking about Paveda actually, and I was mentioning about him not being on the bench, and I, I couldn't remember who we'd played on Saturday because I have wiped it from my mind. <laughs> Probably for the best. What a horrible, horrible day. What a yeah. horrible day. The balance of this game against Palace, sorry to just go back to the 23s, I was looking at some... I think the difference of how we set up this time was possibly to accommodate for sure because it looked like we, we dropped an extra midfielder centrally. To, to support him. So where we had um obviously some of other Miller running forward with Bate as like a 10, um, we got Jenkins and Forshaw kind of slotted in. And at times Forshaw was quite deep, um, which you know, not really playing an eight, more like a four, but I, I don't see him playing that role in the first eleven. So it was a bit it was a strange one. I think the formation was maybe not so we didn't dominate possession as much as we usually do, which is one of the things that I took away from it. And like you said, Donnie, there was that much stop start and that much kind of not incident, but there was a lot going on with the double penalties, the penalty miss, <laughs> then almost come up on goal. There was there's a, things happening that kind of distract detracted from the football uh, in terms of what formation are we playing, what passing possession are we keeping. I mean, we still dominated statistically, but it was less um, less prominent in the numbers, um, and and it tran- translated more into a scoreline, obviously of three one. But it was, it was an very, entertaining entertaining game. It was very emotional, I thought. Um, and and because of that, we were very very direct, more direct than we'd normally be, and so yeah. I think that's why we didn't have so much possession. And and they were counter attacking very well, and they coped yep. very very well uh, going down to ten men. They actually looked maybe even better because they were just absorbing that pressure um, yep. and then hitting us on the break. So yeah, but it, it was there were good performances all over the pitch. I thought um, Jenkins. Uh, and Bates um, were were really impressive. More impressed me, um, and and Somerville as well. I thought Joffy was a little bit like he wasn't his at, at his premium level where he can be, but it, it wasn't a bad performance from him. He was still trying to make things happen. Um, the penalty was awful, though, wasn't it? I'd be giving him an earful over that. No conviction, lazy, soft penalty. Like he needs to be doing some penalty drills now, this he? week. <laughs> He's done it twice now. Trying to do, mm. trying to do that little Jorginho skip thing, missed. Um, so yeah, yeah think, it's not yeah, for me. Greenwood also missed one as well. Mm. Uh, let's hope one of the new boys can take a pen. I think, I think some of them scored, scored one or maybe two last season. I think also you know thing, one of his goals wait, in pre-season was a uh, pen. Max you know Dean as well scored a couple of pens recently. Where you run on the spot a little bit, mm. and yeah, then yeah. and then you fucking smash it. Yeah, Just yeah. do that. Why did why he didn't put his laces through that keeper? <laughs> keeper looked shaky anyway, and I, I was thinking that like if just put your boot through it. Like as soon as he hit it, he, the run up he looked he looked lethargic. I'm not saying he doesn't care, but I agree with you. I think he was maybe he's lacking a bit of match sharpness. He looked he looked just a couple of percent off his normal intensity levels. He was trying to make things happen. You're right, Donny. Um, so I don't want to be too harsh, but he looked he looked like he'd. 
He looked like it was an effort that game for him. He didn't. He didn't. It wasn't. He wasn't enjoying it like he normally does with a big smile on his it face. It annoys me the penalty thing. The penalty <laughs> thing actually deeply annoys me. I don't want to go off on too much of a tangent. But look at look at the Euros final that we lost. So mm. Rashford did a stupid run up. Sancho yeah. tried to place it. Saka mm. tried to place it. The the Italian boys that scored and even the English boys that scored. Look at Maguire's penalty. Kane yeah. puts his foot through every Put penalty. Your foot through we it. talk about like really good penalty takers in the past, like Frank Lampard used to smash it. Like just put, if you put your foot through it, even if the keeper goes the right way, it's got a chance. If yeah. you don't put your foot through it, it's it makes it so much. Yeah, you might send the keeper the wrong way, and yeah, that's obviously what you're trying to do. But if you mm. just put your foot through it, you have such a good chance. But then also, I can't really speak because I missed a penalty in training on Monday night. So I was watching. <laughs> I was watching an interview. I can't remember. I think it might have been with Shearer. And he was saying, I can't remember where it was, but he was saying that they used to do this um, training uh, regime where they they would tell the goalkeeper which side they were going to put it on. And 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 then they'd, they'd, yeah, they'd have to try and score. And that routine yeah, yeah. made them have so much self-belief because they knew even if he knows exactly where I'm going to put it, if I hit it like I can, he's got no chance. Um, so I think that's what they need to do. Yeah, it's true. I think it will probably come back round. I think, you know, like, not like the old, fully the old days, but you know, like trends come around and come back around in football, like with the 4-4-2, stuff like that, that's coming mm. back round. Yeah. Um, but I think with penalties, you'll just start seeing people smash the ball again now. I mean, look at Maguire's penalty. It's like the best penalty you could ever see. He just absolutely best. twatted it. I think Absolute. statistically... Just twat gonna... it, lads. That's my only piece of advice. Yeah. <laughs> That's literally simple, it. Isn't it. It's simple, isn't it? Football, we don't need to overcomplicate <laughs> something twat which it, is lads. literally a dead ball it's on a spot. Game. Hit it. <laughs> <laughs> what a tagline that is. But then you've got the other argument of how class did does it look when you just absolutely mug the keeper off? Like when Jorginho pulls it off, it looks absolutely class. Yeah, but so if you're a fan, does it? Like I don't know. I'm I'm not. I'm a bit old fashioned. I just I agree. Just twat it, lads. Is, it just is the phrase. Just hit it. Just hit it. Get it in the net. Score the goal. Let's move on. It's different if it's um you know a penalty shootout in a competition. But if it's you know we're gonna get more than one penalty this year hopefully if uh, if the players are running around the box so on a on a more serious note that we've got to do something about that you've got you can't be tapping penalties like oh, it was soft man you've mm. got to put your foot through it on the flip side Clarsen saved uh, 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 quite a decent penalty it was a very good save I thought he did well Charlie I might Crystal say he was, was class son. hey yeah that was the tweet wasn't it yeah one might say he's a class son yeah am I right Welcome to Middle Aged Dad Podcasting. <laughs> what was he like in open play? <laughs> what I was he was like good. in open play, Clarson? Yeah. I, I Class, thought, I thought, so. Yeah, he, he was good. Yeah. He was good. He he was good. Like he, he looks solid. He looks like he looks like a bit of a unit. Um that that's what I noticed most about him, especially when he I think does look about, quite big, yeah. Yeah. Um, when I think about who was it, who's the other goalkeeper we've got at the under 23s? I Van think anybody Hoer. looks like a unit compared to Mel. We used to like Melier, who's like stick thin, and we used to Capriel, who's not the tallest for a goalkeeper. 
Capriel. Yeah. Know, like a unit compared to the other keepers at the club. Yeah, yeah. Capriel and, and, and Danny no, van der Hoeveel. of course. Yeah, it was van der Hoeveel on the bench, wasn't it? Mm. Yeah. yeah. Passen so, looked all right. I mean, yeah. we're going we're gonna to need to see more of him, aren't we? We're gonna, mm. He's going to need to be tested, and he, he will at that level. Shot yeah. stopping, command of the area, um, better quality set-piece takers uh, he's going to come up against, especially when we play the bigger lads. Um, the By bigger, I mean the, like the top six perceived um, academies. Um, he'll come up against some quality players there, which will probably test his goalkeeping abilities out a bit more. But he looks a decent purchase, actually. Like another good, another good youth acquisition. He was vocal. I think he we'll see confident. a pretty even split. He looked solid. His we'll distribution was, even split was between. Sorry, Donna. <laughs> his distribution was good as well. Mm. Um, I remember when Kiko came in. Um, I watched that the first under 23s that he played. He looked nervous. He yeah. looked like he hadn't got onto the pitch in years. Um, he almost ran out like a headless chicken a couple of times. Um, and I just thought, oh, you know, that's he probably just hasn't played in a long time. Um, but it turned out that that was just who Kiko was. Um, so I think this guy, Klaassen, he, he does look solid. He looks good. I could see him uh, making the step up at some point. Sorry, Matty. No, sorry, mate. I was just going to say, I think we'll see a pretty even split between uh, Van der Heuvel and Klaassen this year. Um, kind of like we did, Kiko played a little bit towards the end of last season, but, you know, Klaassen, obviously a lot younger and in the plans they want they want him to develop. I'm not saying Kiko wasn't in the plans, but obviously he was linked to him leaving <laughs> for a long time. But, yeah, uh, Klaassen, I think they'll want to develop. Van der Heuvel is quite highly rated. Uh, got a little bit Got a little bit to go. I think it's a little bit of confidence with Van der Heuvel. Um, mm. Yeah, he obviously got a bit to improve. And then Klaassen has come from first-team football as well. So he's going to want to be pushing Melier. He's, he's already been playing first-team football. So, yeah, I think we'll see a good battle between those two this season. Uh, I think Capriel had it almost all to himself, didn't he, last season. Kiko played when he kind of needed to. But, uh, yeah, I think we'll see a bit more of a... Bit more of a battle between the keepers this year, which which should be good for them both. Mm. Okay, um, and just enough time left to ask you uh, some predictions then for this season. Uh, where do you think um, Leeds United under twenty threes will finish in the Premier League Two Division One? I'll go first if you want. I, I, mid, mid, mid table, I think. I, I think we'll finish mid table. Manny, sixth? Yeah, sixth. Yeah. Okay. And who are we playing next? Embarrassingly, I actually don't know. Tottenham at home. Okay. There we go. Yeah, um, next Monday, 23rd, isn't it? Yeah, 23rd, four o'clock. Spurs, any good? Under 23s, do we know much about them? Did they win their <laughs> first game? I feel like we're on satellite phone no, to you, mate. Yeah, but it's delayed. They drew, the first ga- they drew their first game, didn't they? Um, they drew 2-2 two, two with, Ch- drew. Drew two, two with Chelsea. Okay. It'll be a tough game. I think any game at this level is going to be a tough game, isn't it? I think um, arguably we, we're probably... <laughs> we'll probably look to be picking up points against your Palaces, Derbys. Um, but I think when we're playing West Ham's, Chelsea's, 
Liverpool, Man City. Is that, there's no, I know that it's a cliche, but there's no easy game. Um, I think home or away. Is um, the only thing I, I don't know that if Matty, you might be able to clear up for us because the next game against Spurs, have they, defi- have they defined which games are going to be played at Thorpe Arch, Geisley, or Ellen Road yet? Or York? There's four four stadiums yeah, I think, you can use. Isn't yeah, there? they have. Uh, they have, they have, but I can't remember where off the top of my head. I can't remember where Tottenham is. Um, okay. Tottenham, yeah, drew the first game with Chelsea 2 2. Um, I've been, I literally watched that game this morning for an article I was writing. Uh, Dylan Markande and Janiel Bennett scored Tottenham's goals. They like, they're like the nine and the ten that play together, they play 4 2 3 1. Um, so yeah, Leeds, Leeds obviously match them up with the formation. Um, but yeah, the, the nine and the ten were their, were their best two players, really. They've got um, Alfie Devine, who played in the FA Cup last year, might might be like a name that people remember. Ryan Sessignon played as well. I think he's coming back from an injury. He played for the 23, so he might play again. Uh, he's still only 21, is Sessignon, but obviously he's played first-team football a lot. Um, yeah, so they're, they're, they are a good team. There will, will be a tough test, yeah. Drew with a very, very good Chelsea under-23 team. Chelsea finished second last year. Man City won the league. Chelsea finished second. And yeah, Tottenham have just drawn 2-2 with them on the opening day. Uh, came back from 2-0 down. So yeah, it will be a tough game. But like Rob says, they'll all be tough games. Crystal Palace was a tough game. I think Palace will do all right as well, actually. Just just touching on them. I do like I do like Palace, I'll be honest. It's a bit of a soft spot for them. But um, yeah, they, they'll do all right as well, I think. But yeah, we'll be fine. We'll be fine. I looking think mid-table. At, looking at some of Spurs' results from last season, they lost 6-1 to City and then 4-1 to City the game before. They beat Liverpool 4-1 and then and they lost before that. They lost to Chelsea 4-1. Um, so very mixed bag for them. Uh, it seems they either thrash yeah. people or get thrashed. <laughs> Let's hope they get thrashed next week then. Yeah. Right, uh, we'll be there. Uh, are we are we doing this at the same time every week? I mean, it depends on work for me. But sometimes we might have to move it around and uh, mm-hmm. and uh, and whatnot. So, um, but yeah, I mean, for, for me, most part of this should be good good times. We'll have to see. But yeah, I'll, I'll have to let you know if that's yeah. okay with work because my shifts change. Okay, no worries. Well, um, just wait for the announcement. Or oh, the best thing you can do is subscribe and, <laughs> and follow all of us, um, especially Rob. Who, who's been putting out all the announcement tweets because uh, I haven't been able to. Um, but don't forget Matty as well, at LUFC Academy News on Twitter and LUFC Academy Central.com for all of your blogging needs on the Leeds uh, United Academy. Um, so thank you very much for so joining much. us for the first episode of season yeah. two. My name is Adonis. You can find me at the Adelites, and it's a very goodbye from me. And joining us was uh, Juicy Rob. Goodbye, thanks for joining. Um, And Matty. Matty Ingham, 17. Is that right? Correct. Matty underscore Ingham, 17. Thanks for having me on again, lads. See you soon. Thank you. Come on, Leeds. Get on them. (laughs) 